Hello, welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Graham Wilson. We all have a lymphatic system, and without this network of tissues and organs, the body struggles to rid itself of toxins, waste, and other unwanted materials. Today on Wellbeing, we'll meet an expert on the lymphatic system, Kristen Osborne. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the program. Hi, Graham. Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you. I believe you're an expert in the lymphatic system that covers all sorts of conditions, which we'll get to shortly. You're also the author of a book, The Lymphatic Friendly Diet. Yes. So obviously um, that preempts another question, how does diet help? But we'll come to all of that. But first, can you tell us how you came to specialise in the lymphatic system? Yes, well, I found out that I actually have a lymphatic issue myself, mm-hmm. and it's all through my family. So I sort of went into more studies on that to find out how I could help myself um, and my family and then go on to help more and more people that um, I found have the condition. I've been doing a little bit of research into the lymphatic system and discovered that the earliest mention of any part of lymphatics was in the writings of Hippocrates in the 5th century BC. And while he identified, you know, the nodes and the armpits and the groin, which most of us would have heard about, the function of these remained a mystery for many, many years. Is that all true? Yes, that's very true. Yes, it wasn't until around about the 1950s that they started to really discover Uh, how the lymphatic system worked and right up until around about three years ago they were still discovering uh, some more things that lymphoid organs could do with the body and and how it helps the body and things like that. So there's ongoing research all around the world all the time. And it's separate to the cardiovascular system but it carries white blood cells doesn't it? So how does all that work? First of all maybe just tell us what the lymph system does. The lymph system is a major system in the body. It's your waste removal system and your immune building system. Um, So it's a major system like that. It's actually formed after five weeks of gestation off the vein system, off the circulatory system. And so when the blood comes out from the heart, it's usually dirty. It's it's got all sorts of uh, different hormones, dust, pollutants, um, viruses, all sorts of stuff in it. And that fluid then... Uh, leaches out or some of that fluid leaches out and the lymphatic system picks it up and cleans and screens it ready to go back around the major organs so they're nice and safe. So what is it collecting? You're, it's all kinds of toxins but is yeah, it... Yeah, dust, hormones, pollutants, proteins, viruses, anything that you put in your mouth or on your skin will go through your lymphatic system for cleaning and screening. How does that differ from what the liver does in filtering blood? Well, the liver filters the blood and toxins and things like that, but the lymphatic system cleans and screens the rest of the body and looks for viruses and builds your immunity and so forth. So the the lymph nodes in the groin and under the arms, are there lymph nodes in other places? Yes, very much so. You've got them in the head, the neck, the back of the head, under the arms, in the elbows, back of the knees, in the groin, but the major ones are more found in the deep pelvic region. Okay. All right, now what happens to the toxins once the lymphatic system gets hold of it? Well, they're cleaned and screened uh, many times, about six times a minute uh, during rest. And then the dirty lymph goes out through the kidneys. The clean lymph goes up, back up the thoracic duct and dumps back into the left and right internal jugular vein, ready to uh, go back into the circulatory system. So lymph itself is a fluid of some sort? Yes. Fascinating. Now, what we will primarily talk about in this show is when that system isn't working properly. Are we all on a sliding scale of the health of our lymph system? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) No, not really. 
Um, but most people that uh, we look for risk factors are, are obviously uh, cancer treatments um, cause a secondary lymphedema, uh, which is trauma to the lymphatic system. So cancer treatments, both surgical and radiation, uh, scar tissue formed from surgeries, uh, uh, particularly cancer abdominal and cosmetic knee replacements, hip replacements. Um, lymph nodes that have been removed, um, burns, uh, multiple sprains and strains causing tissue scarring, um, heat combined with obesity, immobility and lack of movement, obesity, insect bites can cause it as well, dog and cat scratches on an affected limb, recurrent infections, leg ulcerations, vein problems, um, plane travel, um, all sorts of different things. Uh, bleeding hemorrhoids, diabetes and wheelchair-bound patients are all high-risk factors for lymphedema. All right. Now, you've mentioned lymphedema. I presume mm. that's uh, a chronic condition. Yes, lymphedema broken down means swelling or edema, which is swelling of the lymphatic tissue. Okay. How does the lymph travel? Is it got its own circulatory system? Yes, it has. It's got all these little um, lymph vessels and they range between the tip of your toes to the top of your head. It's a very fine network and your lymphatic system is actually um, uh, uh, the same as your fingerprints. So it's made for you. Mm -hmm. um, and these little vessels are around about the size of a spider web. Wow. So they're strong, but they're fragile at the same time. Right. Now let's look into what happens. You've mentioned all these things that can cause some problems. Mm. Are there conditions where the lymphatic system doesn't work at all? Yes, that's primary lymphedema. Um, but only about 3% of the population have primary lymphedema. Most patients will have a secondary lymphedema, which is caused by trauma of some sort. And that's the list that I just went through. Um, but the checklist, if anyone's out there wondering, well, do I have it or don't I have it? Generally, we look for uh, edema or swelling of the limb, the head, the neck, the abdomen or the genitals. There's usually pain in the affected area, unexplained weight gain, fatigue, a sense of tightness in the affected limb, tingling or pins and needles, aching in the limb or joints, um, a sense of heaviness in the, in the limbs, reduced function or limited range of mobility. They might have sleeping difficulties. Uh, they might have psychological distress poor body image coupled with depression and social and sexual isolation as well. Mm -hmm. So if anyone can tick anything off that checklist, then the likelihood is high of having lymphedema. Uh, and lymphedema is actually diagnosed at 2% increase in fluid in the limbs, which is not noticeable by the eyes. So if you can see swelling, then the chances are that it's already there. Often people with a heart condition will have some swelling in the limbs, particularly in their legs or ankles around the feet. Uh, that's correct. That's edema. So okay. That's a little bit different. So if, if your heart's not pumping, your uh, lungs aren't functioning or your kidneys aren't functioning, then the likelihood is you'll start to uh, puff up, usually in the lower extremities. So it could be the hands and it could be the feet. Um, but that's edema. That's not lymphedema. Mm. But it can turn into lymphedema. What causes the lymph to circulate? I mean, the, the heart is pumping blood. How does the lymph circulate? Uh, on the lymphatic vessels, there's smooth muscle, and that smooth muscle contracts and expands and pushes the lymph through the vessels. So I always say to my patients, movement moves lymph. Mm -hmm. Movement moves lymph. So we don't need to go out and run marathons for it to move. 
we just need to get movement. So I'm always very conscious of, of keeping moving. So why do we get swollen lymph nodes? Uh, that's usually um, sometimes the lymphatic system reacts to toxins. Um, so if you sometimes if you work uh, in dirty industry, then you're actually absorbing um, all that uh, all that pollutants through your skin, and anything that goes on your skin or in your mouth will go through your lymphatic system for cleaning. So if you've got swollen lymph nodes, generally it's because of that uh, or virus. Or a virus? What sort of virus? Oh, multiple viruses. Okay. So any sort of virus will, your, your lymphatic system is your first line of defence, so it'll swell up, and, and that's when you know you're starting to get sick with something. Okay, so if we're getting a flu or something, sometimes those yep. lymph nodes, okay, we yep. all remember that as kids, oh yes, your lymph nodes are swollen, you've got a flu. Yeah, well doctors always check your glands underneath your neck, they're lymph nodes. Okay. Mm. My guest today on Wellbeing is Kristen Osborne, an expert in lymphatic diseases, lymphedema mm. being one of them. No cure at this stage? No cure at this stage. They are working on it, and there's a lot of uh, lot of things being thrown around out there, but nothing's actually solid at the moment. Um, I think the biggest thing is uh, how do we treat it? That's the biggest factor, because there's no pills um, that you can actually uh, have prescribed that'll fix the lymphatic system, and it's non-curable. So it only, you can only have management for it, and the management is very varied, and it's very good. So I urge people to go and seek to get treatment for the management of it. And management is generally broken down into uh, manual lymph drainage therapy Mm -hmm. um, done by specialised therapists, compression, uh, learning how to self-massage yourself, which is it should be done every day. Um, And I I do mine every day and it just keeps your system nice and healthy and clean and definitely diet. So if, if somebody has what they call primary lymphedema their lymph system isn't working at all or it's not collecting the waste is that right uh no it it, it does work if we didn't have a working lymphatic system we we wouldn't last 48 hours so it's definitely working but usually primary lymphedema the patients are born with um either too many lymph vessels uh too little lymph vessels or their nodes are fibrotose so it's not going to uptake the fluid right yeah. So you've got to give it a hand. You've got to give it some help with the massage or compression or whatever. Yeah, that, they're, they're very few patients that have that. There's only about 3% of the population. But most people will know lymphedema as a secondary trauma to the lymphatic system. So we mainly see secondary lymphedema coming through. Do you know the incidence of it across Australia? Uh, around about uh, for cancer treatment, it ranges between 9% and 47% uh, for cancer. But there's no research that's been done on all the other things that cause it. I'm curious about why, um, say, a knee replacement might cause it. Is it because the vessels are broken? No, it's the scar tissue caused from the surgery. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, so when there's scar tissue, the little lymph vessels find it hard to get past that scar tissue because it runs quite deep into the limb um, and they find it very hard to, to get past it. So then it's sort of like a roadblock. So they'll just it'll just fill up behind it like a traffic jam and it'll just filter through slowly. So that's why people get swelling in the feet and the lower limbs. Now, you mentioned treatment. So we just got our basic treatments of our manual lymphatic drainage, compression, self-massage and diet. With compression too, it's not wrapping, it's not bandaging. Bandaging is um, more inconvenient for patients um, and it's also inconsistent in its pressure grade. So that's why I have the reed sleeve as a compression garment. What's a reed sleeve? 
A reed sleeve was developed by a physician in the US called Dr. Tony Reed, um, and he he invented the reed sleeve as a form of compression that was both consistent, that didn't tourniquet the limb, that um, was easy to put on and off, um, and was also adjustable. Because a lot of compression, you'll buy it today, but if your limb goes up in two weeks, it won't fit you. So explain how this works. You, you've got a swollen limb and you put some compression on it. So there's going to be a bit of squeezing going on. Yeah, a, a slight bit of uh, compression, and that just supports the lymph vessels and the veins. In what that's way? What does that, how does that work? Well, basic compression just squeezes, and that's, about, that's all it does. And it tends to tourniquet at the bottom of the knees mm-hmm. um, and also in the, in the ankles, whereas the reed sleeve it's, um, has a foam in a lining and it's wavy, so you get dots on the leg, and when, or on the leg, on the arms, because you can get an arm garment too. Um, and when those dots will break down any thick and fibrous tissue, um, it also uh, creates uh, more uh, channels for the lymphatics to flow, so you get a greater flow rate. And with greater flow rate of lymph fluid, then you've got healing of the limb as well. So they're very good at preventing leg ulcers. They're very good at healing leg ulcers if you have them, preventing infection, which is what we're all about, uh, and they're uh, fully adjustable too. So uh, you buy one today, you put it on, your limb will come down in circumference, and then it's fully adjustable to then get the compression grade back up again. You mentioned the swelling and then infection. Do the two go together always? Uh, only if it's left un- unattended. So if it's not treated, yes, the, the proteins build up in the lymphatic vessels and then that sparks infection called cellulitis and that is a life-threatening condition. Um, when you get cellulitis, it also uh, disintegrates the lymph vessels and they don't, they don't rebuild. So the more bouts of cellulitis that you have, the more and more damage that you have in that limb. How are those infections treated? Uh, generally through uh, uh, antibiotics and it's a specific antibiotic um, and generally through intravenous antibiotics. Generally, the, the symptoms of, of the starter cellulitis is if the limb is hot, red, swollen and painful. Mm-hmm. They're the first symptoms. So if you have those symptoms, then I would get myself off to the doctor, um, get the antibiotic. At that point, you can have oral antibiotics. Um, then there's a rash that starts and it's very fast moving. It can be itchy or non-itchy. If it's still left and the patient will become nauseous, they'll have fever or chills, um, they'll have headaches. And a lot of people at that stage will tend to go to bed thinking they got the flu um, and, and then the infection will then progress. They'll then have vomiting and diarrhoea and this is actually the start of septicemia. Wow. Okay, so the antibiotics are the, are the way to treat that. Yes, for, for the infection, yes. You, you have to have the antibiotics. There's, there's no if, ways or buts about it. And is there some way of bringing down the swelling I and mean, the cause of that? Yes, through, through compression. So the reed sleeve compression garments actually help prevent infection. When should that reed sleeve be worn? I mean, are there times of day when you wouldn't have it on? Generally, uh, I always say a minimum of four hours, but the majority of my patients will sleep with it on overnight and then they don't need to wear anything during the day. That's good. So it's really convenient like that. Um, and it's for all sorts of conditions too. So it's not just for lymphedema, it's for lipedema, it's for general edema, it's for tro- uh, post-traumatic scar, so you can use it pre- and post-surgery. Um, the, preve- the healing of leg ulcers, the prevention of leg ulcers, prevention of infection, varicose veins, 
um, diabetics, wheelchair-bound patients, and it also reduces the pain in the limbs. I get a lot of patients who, who complain of the pain. Um, the reed sleeve will actually reduce the pain and, and in most cases actually get rid of the pain altogether. You mentioned lipedema there. Mm. Can you just tell us briefly, I, I think we should talk about lipedema a bit more in, in a bit more detail another time, but what's yes. the difference between that and lymphedema? Yes, well, lipedema can morph into lymphedema, so it needs to be addressed in that sense as well. Um, but lipedema is a, a genetic fat disease um, and it's usually uh, located in or diagnosed in female patients. Males can get it as well, but males don't tend to sort of uh, seek a lot of treatment for it, whereas the females do. It's something that I have myself, and it's something that that's the reason why I wrote the book, is because I, I actually come across and, and discovered lymphatic-friendly foods, and with that I lost over 30 kilos, and I've never put it back on it again. And my lymphatic system is really super healthy and my lipedema has never progressed. That's awesome. They call it comorbidity, don't they, where one condition is associated with another very very, so. very often. Yeah. If somebody has lipedema or lymphedema, mm -hmm. is it uh, usual that they have a heart condition or they're overweight or something else as well? Uh, well, generally in lipedema, yes. They'll, they'll present to the doctor and the doctor will say, you know, you need to lose weight and exercise. And... It's not obesity. It needs to be known that, that it's, it is not obesity. It's actually a fat disease. It's actually, lipedema, if you break it down, is edema of the lipids, which is the fat cells. So this is something that's spurred on um, through estrogen and through processed foods. So it's, it's not a go off and diet because you're eating chips and chocolate all day and sitting down. Most of these patients hardly eat anything and are always moving all the time. It's just the spur on of, of the lipids uh, under inflammation, under stress, uh, under estrogen, which is generally brought on through synthetic hormones like the contraceptive pill, marinas and HRT, all these sorts of estrogen changes. Mm. Is lifestyle affected drastically or only slightly if um, lymphedema is controlled? Uh, if lymphedema is controlled, it's never a problem. It's just one of those things that I, I teach my... I have a program where I teach my patients how to manage it, and I think education is the key there, is teaching the patients what to do. And I always say to them, you can do anything you want. You can fly anywhere, you can do any sport, you can do anything you want, as long as we, we get the education in there and you understand how your system works and you've got your compression and you've, you've got your, your, uh, your eating well and you've got movement... It should never be a problem. It just shouldn't be. Tell us a bit about your book now in our, our closing few minutes, um, The Lymphatic Friendly Diet. I put diet because it's not really a diet. It's, it's, diet stands for digestion, immunity, education and tasty. Right. Um, in the book there's um, all about lymphedema, lipedema and a checklist, also uh, a digestion checklist as well because if that's not working properly then you're going to back the lymphatic system up. There's a food pyramid, a seven-day eating guide, a nutrition label, holiday eating guide. Um, there's a hundred easy recipes, and believe me, if I can cook them, anybody can, because um, I'm not real good in that department. Um, there's food keys, and in the back chapter, I actually put a chapter called I Choose, and it actually um, addresses the emotional side of lymphedema and lipedema, which is usually left out. What is that? Uh, it, the emotions... Um, what, what triggers you to eat the foods that you're eating 
and ways how to get around that and change habits. So a lot of people will eat uh, foods like if uh, a lot of people might ha- uh, have a craving for cheese. So cheese means burnout. So once they address why they're eating and craving the foods that they are, then you can address that problem and you don't have those cravings anymore. So it was, uh, that's why I wrote that because it's sort of it's an empowering chapter. Are there some foods that you shouldn't touch at all if you have lymphatic system problems? Yes, you shouldn't um, touch any foods that contain trans fats. Um, so I always look for trans fats in my foods and, and get rid of that and, and delete that. And I also look for sulfites in my foods as well because sulfites are a preservative that will make you swell. Always avoid sulfites and trans fats. It's not as simple as just go fresh, um, you know, food is grown rather than processed food. Very much so. It is all of that. And also the book goes into what's an anthocyanin um, uh, and foods around that. It goes into if you want to eat vegetarian, it goes into how to replace uh, calcium in your foods if you don't want to have dairy, all those sorts of things. So it covers all those areas. If you want to leave something out of your diet, you must replace it with something else. You can't just leave a food group out. That just won't work. We have to encompass all the food groups and learn how to manoeuvre around those and not leave any of them out. Have you got a favourite recipe from the book? Ah, yes. um, Probably uh, so many. um, But um, the uh, stuffed pumpkins there is and there's spicy rice and um, there's um, napolitanas. There's good old-fashioned recipes as well, um, which I really like. So so, um, taking the good old-fashioned recipes like beef stroganoff and turning it into lymphatic friendly and there's um, savoury chicken pies and there's uh, lots of salads. So there's lots of, uh, there's about 50 uh, winter recipes and 50 summer recipes as well, just to cover both seasons. Now, just finishing up on treatment again, if Mm. somebody has some concerns, if they've noticed some swelling and some of the early symptoms that you've you've mentioned, go to the doctor first or or seek out a specialist? I would seek out a specialist. Um, Doctors don't normally know who to refer to or or where to place people. Um, So I would just, a Google search is always good. That's how a lot of people uh, find me through a Google search. Um, And you might want to put in lymphedema or lipedema and someone should come up in that area. Okay. And lymph is, of course, spelled with the the Y, L-Y-M-P-H. That's correct. But but Google can correct spelling, so that's not much of a problem. That's right, yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. All right, Kristen, it's lovely to talk to you and thanks for telling us about these conditions and we'll come back sometime and talk about lipedema. That'll be terrific. And answer a few more questions. Thanks a lot. Lovely. Thanks, Graeme. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now. That's Kristen Osborne, an expert in lymphedema, lipedema, Durkham's disease, all fat diseases specialist and medical therapist and author of that book, The Lymphatic Friendly Diet. Kristen Osborne. I'm Graeme Wilson. And all of us here at Wellbeing wish you well.